It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Namaste and welcome to the Divas That Care Network. I'm your host, Gia Raquel, owner of Airs Above Yoga, and you're listening to Above the Ground Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, our network, Divas That Care, is in its 13th year and listened to in over 30 countries. I would like to personally thank you for giving me the gift of your time as it's an honor to share my practice with you. So I'd like to go over a little bit of what Airs Above the Ground means, why we have the name Airs Above Yoga and why Above the Ground is the title for the podcast and what you can expect when you listen to us and share your time and experiences with us. So Above the Ground or Airs Above the Ground is in essence a dressage terminology uh, equating to horses and equestrians and a specific, any specific movement really of when all four feet of the horse leave the ground. So as in my practice over the years, I have come to be injured multiple times for multiple different reasons, some of which having to do with horses. Um, yoga has become increasingly real to me in its ability to heal and its ability to be accessible and versatile. So because of that, I chose to rebrand my LLC, which has been teaching yoga for over 10 years and aim in the direction of really helping anyone with an injury, specifically equestrians, as we tend to be relatively brutal to our bodies and overall above the ground podcast is a little bit of tongue in cheek about gratitude and how every day above the ground is one we should be grateful for because we're never promised tomorrow. So it kind of worked out well for me that this is coinciding with the dressage terminology that inspired the name of my yoga business. So to give you a little bit more of an idea of what you can expect, this is our first podcast, our very first one, and I'm really excited to share my experiences with you. Um, And I think the main thing that I want you guys to take from this is, as I mentioned, versatility and accessibility when it comes to yoga. I'm not going to get into, you know, what yoga is necessarily, but I just want you to understand that in my experience, yoga is truly for everyone, everybody, every being. And the reason for that is no matter how limited you are physically, no matter how limited you are potentially in your emotional life, in your emotional world, your development, it's accessible for you. And I know this from firsthand experience where there were things that I literally could barely do after one very serious fall. I was in essence, just allowed to walk on a treadmill. And even that wasn't necessarily the best thing. Um, I was told to really, really rest. And I had been very, very physically active, not only with my yoga practice, but with riding, with working out at the gym. Um, and anyone who's experienced a setback like that, I'm sure knows that it's not just about the physical pain or the limitations, but it's also about the mental and the emotional ramifications of having to stop, not having control. 
Uh, control is a big thing, especially for anyone who happens to be type A or an equestrian. Um, it can be very, very difficult to be told something that you cannot do, especially when you are used to being physical in most of your endeavors, uh, potentially even in your working life. So because of that, I can attest to the fact that one of the things that helped me to come back from this injury and to heal from this injury, even though it is chronic at this point, was yoga. And because of that, I feel as though my dedication to it from an emotionally healing practice grew into one to really see how it can transcend the limitations of the body, even when an injury occurs. So to that end, what I want you to understand is if you have preconceived notions of what yoga is, if you believe that it's not for you, or if you believe that it is too spiritual a practice, and perhaps maybe you're religious, if you believe that it is just simply stretching, if you have these preconceived notions, whatever they are for you, I'm only naming a few, I'd like you to try and open your mind about what it can bring to you in your life. And what I will say about it is yoga does mean union, and you can take that to mean whatever you'd like for yourself. But in essence, it always meant to me the union of body, mind, and spirit. And it allows you to begin to really become one with yourself, really tap into your body and sometimes even your intuition, depending on how open you are. It can also very easily help you to realize where you are in your life where you happen to be when you tap into that place of silence. Yoga really brings you from the mind, where we live most of our experiences and where we live on our day-to-day -day when we have busy lives, or whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's relationships, no matter what it is, it's taking you out of yourself and away from yourself. We can very easily turn back in and look inwards and find that inner place, our silence and our peace. And yoga is a very wonderful way to help you start to realize that for yourself. So I would like you to try to break down some of those walls or barriers that you might have and thinking that it's a spiritual practice, which it can be, but only as much as you want it to be. And that's where the versatility comes in. Think about how it could be simply a physical practice. People think that it's not going to be enough if they're all obsessed with their strength or they're all obsessed with powerlifting or they're obsessed with running those type A people. You know who you are. I'm one of you too in a lot of ways. So for those people, if you come to a yoga class, I guarantee you, you can break a sweat if it's the right class. It is challenging. It can be as hard as you want it to be, or it could be yin yoga and it could be as gentle and restorative as you want it to be. That is the versatility. When we're talking about the accessibility of yoga, that is for everyone. It should be no matter your background, no matter your education level, no matter your physical challenges. It is truly, truly an all-encompassing practice that is accessible, no matter if you've just been thrown off a horse and you're limited to walking on a treadmill, all the way through an Olympic athlete that is at the absolute top of their game. Every pose can be modified. Every pose that is counterindicated has another area where you can tap in and reach the benefits, but in a different way.
So when you find a teacher who's got the experience, who's got the knowledge, who's lived through, maybe not exactly what you've lived through, but certain things that they can use their experience so that they can share with you how yoga in all of its facets can help you to deepen your relationship with yourself. And in doing so, help you to enrich the relationships that you have with people around you, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, whoever it is that you share your experience with, the more in tune you are with yourself, the more in tune you can be with others and the more benefit you can bring to the world around you. So it all does start with you and it all does start with tapping in. So everyone knows what yoga is, that it has eight different limbs, which at another time I will absolutely delve into. Um, but for the physical nature of it, for its benefits, the three prongs of yoga that I typically tend to address that I think are relatively accessible for people, uh, for people without getting too far into the weeds, as I like to say, is breath work, asana, the physical postures, and pranayama, which is the breathwork meditation. So these are three different facets that come into play every time you practice. Um, they are, I'll call it the meat and potatoes of the physical nature of yoga. And meditation is that bridge that does start to take you into yourself and bridge that gap into, if you'd like to call it spirit, if you'd like to call it your own intuition, if you'd like to call it the universe, or if you'd like to call it the silence, whatever feels right and comfortable for you is true for you and is respected. So to that end, as I like to work through and meet people where they are so that you can work forward from a place of mutual benefit towards each other, for each other, and for the greater good around you. I will start by speaking briefly about how every time I practice, every time I teach a practice, I begin with a simple grounding meditation. And obviously all, everyone, it should be, but it's not everyone's favorite posture, Shavasana, which is corpse pose, which is that lovely laying down completely on your mat, completely supported, and tuning out after the end of either a very challenging or very restful practice. And as I will say, the type A's of us can sometimes not let ourselves lay there for very long. We wanna get up, we got the benefit out of the postures, we got the benefit out of the workout, but we did not, or we have a challenge with settling in, quieting down and just being. And that is one of the biggest challenges. And I know any yoga teachers out there know that when you're sitting in front of a room of people, you know who they are when as soon as about a minute, maybe a minute 30 goes by, you start to see those little fingers moving. You might see a head roll around or a toe twitch. And those are your people where your goal is to start to get them to stay in that Shavasana for as long as you possibly can and to truly get the benefits of the flip side of the quietness of the stillness and of the appreciation, allowing the body to rest and absorb all of the work that it's been given. So that's the meditation aspect for yoga in its briefest form, in its class or tutorial based form. It brings you into center with yourself and pay attention to yourself before your practice. And it allows you to gracefully appreciate 
ground down and exit your practice. When it comes to the breath work or the pranayama, that specifically can be utilized throughout your entire class or practice. Um, it should be, you should always be breathing. They ever, we always say, if you're on your mat and you're breathing, you're doing yoga. So it's always important. You cannot survive without your breath, but there are certain types of breathing that we will obviously touch on. Uh, for example, Ujjayi breath in a vinyasa class, a very deep and heavy breath that will help you to move through very strenuous postures and keep you balanced and rhythmic throughout. That's one of the favorites. That's one of the go-tos. And there are many, many more. The breath is absolutely paramount to yoga, paramount to the practice and paramount to the physicality. It also helps you again, bring your mind into your body to really listen to your body, to listen to yourself and what it is telling you and start to develop that relationship with yourself. Start to really understand what you're feeling, what your body is experiencing and you need to quiet yourself in order to do that. And finally, we have the asana the meat of the meat and potatoes, if you will. And I apologize to any and all vegans or vegetarians out there as I am one, it is simply a turn of phrase. So the asana is of course, everything from your handstand and your balance posture down to your shavasana at the very end of your, of your class or your practice. And the asana is where the magic will happen for you, where you will start to really feel what your body responds to and what your body really resists. And in that resistance is where we generally find what we really and truly need. Um, it's anecdotal evidence at best, but there is a common theme with yoga instructors that says the pose that you avoid the most is the pose that you need the most. Now, obviously that can have contraindications. For example, I have a very bad neck injury, so I need to be very careful with shoulder stand or plow pose as those put a lot of pressure on the cervical vertebrae or can if they're not practiced properly. So for your information, always when with regard to any practice that you may come upon, always be considerate of your limitations. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way or to have a negative connotation, but sometimes we have things, whether it can be hypertension, it can be a physical ailment with regard to something like me, like my back, you could have a knee injury and child's pose is not going to feel good for you. We can prop you into it. We can make it accessible for you as qualified instructors, but there are sometimes you just don't want to put a lot of pressure on your knee. You could have wrist problems. You could have carpal tunnel. All of these things will come into play. And the most important thing with any yoga practice is that you listen to your body and that you push through only when it's safe to do so. Only when the muscles are a little shaky, only when you feel like you're about to fall, that's when you want to start to really tap in, come towards your center physically, mentally, and be in the pose. But if you ever find a pinching sensation, a sharp pain, that is where you want to quickly abort mission um, and abandon ship and gracefully get out of the pose and back to a place where you feel safe um, and where there is no actual physical pain or trauma happening in the body. And it's very hard to know where those lines are 
at the beginning of your practice. It is very hard to know that difference. Sometimes that difference will scream at you and we really truly want to avoid that, but it is sometimes hard to know where the line is drawn and that's when a lot of injury can occur. Um, so just as yoga can be very helpful for healing injuries, it can also contribute to some. There are a lot of yoga teachers who are in physical therapy for shoulder issues, rotator of uh, cuff issues for a lot of vinyasas that maybe were not done the proper way. There can be lower back injuries, people with hyper mobile spines that you see in those beautiful Instagram shots with those back bends and those splits. They may very well one day have overdone the curve in their lumbar spine and suffer disc issues from it. They may not, but it's a possibility. All about yoga is balance. Yoga is balance. It is finding the balance within you. It is finding that fine, fine line between pushing yourself and listening to your body. And for my mind, that's true in life. You have to find balance between knowing when to keep going, knowing when not to quit, knowing when to push through, knowing when to work harder, and also knowing when it's time to walk away when it's time to sit back, when it's time to sleep in, when it's time to have that self-care day that you so badly need. These are the things that are going to help you in your life and that yoga can help you to tune into with a consistent practice. So I just wanted to give you that little introduction. As we move through these podcasts, the plan is, and I love to have a plan and then how it miraculously go sideways, no matter how hard you try, but there will be four different podcasts and they will come in themes. The first will be about yoga as this one has been, and the next will be a little bit shorter. It will be strictly a meditation and it will also have to do with the theme for that particular session, um, a brief explanation, and then simply a lead meditation that you can refer back to whenever you need to, if you enjoyed it, if it helped you, all for the better. The third is going to be a little bit focused on Ayurveda and nutrition, and I don't want to get into it too far. Feel free to have a Google, but Ayurveda is the yogic principle of the doshas, which again, I will get into a little teaser without the spoiler alert, um, and how you can eat better for your body, what foods to avoid for your body. Um, and again, it's based on doshas. So it's, it's a little bit technical. We will get into it. I promise you. Um, but it's very, very interesting and obviously not to be toyed with. If you have specific issues that you know, that are dietary, that you need to respect by all means, but we will get into a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of wellness. And then finally, we will have an interview episode where I will have people come on and we will have discussions about anything yoga related, woo woo related, as I say that, um, to speak about friends of mine that do fun things like tarot or fun things like um, intuitive healing, things like that. Uh, we will also have people to come in and talk about nutrition. We will have people to talk, come and talk about their yoga practice. I hope to have some Tai Chi and uh, Kung Fu instructors on. So it'll all be um, relevant um, and a little bit outside the box, I hope, and hopefully all for the better and all for people to enjoy. And so with that, I will thank you and tell you that I appreciate each and every one of you for allowing me to share this experience with you. So please feel free to share it with yours. 
for more goodness, follow me on all the socials at Airs Above Yoga or visit my site, airsaboveyoga.com. And as always, definitely check out the other episodes and all of my amazing sisters at divasthatcare.com or on SoundCloud. Again, this is Gia Raquel, owner of Airs Above Yoga, and you're listening to Above the Ground Podcast, where every day is a good one. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course, on divasthatcare.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.